This episode of Purple Monkey Dishwasher is brought to you by the Comedy Here Often Podcast Network and AB3 Comedy. You know, I heard Skinner say the teachers will crack any minute. Skinner said the teachers will crack any minute. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Another episode of Purple Monkey Dishwasher with your host Al Babcock, and as always, I have a great guest with me, comedian Tom Hills. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Al. This is uh, it's a great opportunity. I like this. This is awesome. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit of Marge versus the Monorail, but uh, first, I want to ask you, like, what was your first Simpsons memory? Um, that's a good question. So the thing, I think the 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 one that really stands out is actually when my mom said I couldn't watch The Simpsons, and so the, and I remember the episode, the one where Santa's little helper was sick, and what happened was they they cut to being inside the vet, mm-hmm. and the veterinarian is just trying to resuscitate this hamster with paddles, and couldn't by golly couldn't get that that hamster resuscitated. He's like, this is always the hardest part, and he takes the hand hamster and throws it in the garbage. Yeah. Like a basketball hoop over it. And my mom lost shit. She's like, well, you are not watching this show. This is not family friendly. And I'm like, okay. So I, I had to like hide how much, like when I, when I watched Simpsons, I had to do it when they weren't around or I had to go to friends' places and watch it. So, um, but it's, I, I found it funny because it's actually a very family centered show. Like there's a lot of religion and other things that are really embedded in there that, People don't see initially, but it's it, it, they're big things. It's hilarious because I've just been going through, I think, season three, uh, just before I started talking to you, and that was the episode that was on right before. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that one. And, um, yeah, I've noticed now going back, especially um, the second, third, fourth season that are really well written, um, they are, like, really about religion, about uh, a lot of certain things that I didn't realize as a kid. Like, I just saw the jokes, like the gags as a kid, and yeah. didn't see the writing. And uh, I remember, too, like, always going to school and being the only kid who was allowed to watch The Simpsons. So I had, oh, you were the cool kid. Yeah, I had, I had older brothers that I lived with and an older sister that were always watching it. So I think I was just always there while it was on. And um, I would always go and quote the jokes to my friends, but not even know what they really meant. <laughs> but like everyone knew it was funny though. It, it's, it's funny how, and they've always said this. I remember watching a, a YouTube on uh, kind of a deep dive on the joke structure of old Simpsons, not particularly newer Simpsons, but like Simpsons yeah. seasons two through 11 and how there's just so many layers to the jokes that like initially as kids, you got like kind of that top layer. But as, as we get older, I feel there's just there's so many more things in there that we're picking up. 
and just cultural references and references to literature and stuff that you wouldn't even know until you learn that like it's it's exactly uh, the gags and in signs and stuff like that they're always just in the background um sometimes i still watch simpsons episodes i've seen 20 times and i catch new little things i never really caught before yeah now same here same here i uh this is definitely one of those episodes that's just joke after joke after joke, the monorail episode. It, it's one of my favorites. And it's also, uh, I'd say Conan O'Brien's best episode. Like, that, he spearheaded this episode. Yeah. And you can see why. Like, it's totally his humor kind of through it. Yeah, it's such like, uh, I, the zany humor, whatever you want to describe Conan O'Brien as. It's, it's got all of it. Uh, so this episode... Originally aired, it was season four, episode 12, and it was January 14th, 1993, is the original air date. Guests in the episode, Phil Hartman as Lyle Landley and Leonard Nimoy as himself. Um, So what do you like about this episode? Um, Um, What what sticks out to you mostly? You just said the writing. Obviously, I agree with you, too. What's memorable from this episode for you? Um, there's just so many great lines. Um, I, I, I feel that the monorail song is actually the best song out of the entire Simpsons. To me, it is. It, it's just so well constructed. It, it's based off of the, uh, the Music Man um, uh, Broadway show from way back when, which is something I didn't even pick up on until later on because I've never, never seen it. But um, Yet again, also, I, I feel that a bunch of different characters have great lines in there, like, um, uh, like uh, Wiggum, one of my favorite parts is when Wiggum and uh, the mayor, uh, Quimby, go to the, to look at the um, town charter, and they're just going through it, and it's like, and like, Wiggum's just like, wow, every year I'm supposed to get a pig, and two cumulus lasses of virtue true, and then all of a sudden, How many broads do I get? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's good. Uh, the other thing too is I feel Phil Hartman as a guest uh, voice on The Simpsons. He is my favorite. Like yeah. whether he's doing uh, La Landley or like Hutz is probably my favorite. Uh, recurring yeah, for sure. Friend. He's just so good. And obviously, he's not in this episode, but um, yeah, Phil Hartman, brilliant, brilliant voice actor, brilliant. And- you kind of feel like Hutz is in it because Lyle's just like basically another, he's a salesman version of Lionel Hutz instead of a lawyer. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And he's a bit more kind of a sleaze, well, actually, Hutz is a sleaze ball, but he's like kind of a, a degenerate sleaze ball, you know? Like one of my favorite Hutz lines is when he's like taking, he's babysitting the kids and just like he wakes up and like, ah, ah, don't touch my stuff. Oh, wait a minute, this isn't the YMCA. <laughs> so yeah. like and that that sort of thing where it just shows him as this kind of like pretty destitute whereas well Landley is totally a spinster he's totally taking the the town for for a ride which is- you know what's funny is when i went back and watched this monorail episode too i kind of forgot about that little part with the power struggle between uh quimby and wiggum and like I, that could be anyone's ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I got dirt on you, Quimpy. Be anyone's ass. Oh man, so there's just so many good lines and another like, thing too. Hmm? 
So another thing too is this uh, episode started off with the Flintstones gag. Yes. Yeah. Like I forgot which episode. Obviously, I didn't forget the Flintstones gag, but I didn't know it was the monorail episode. Like that's. I I I, I forgot that too. Actually, I I always because those, those beginning gags because it. They're just kind of a throwaway, you know. They they, they don't really do anything for the, uh, the plot or anything for the episode. So yeah, like you, you, so you always forget when they yeah. when they're. But yeah, no, it's a really uh, that's a really good gag. And then they had uh, this was another time when they kept um, referencing Beverly Hills Cop with the theme song. Yeah, I think it was yeah. season four. They kept throwing that in there, like all the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it, it's it, it's little quirks like that, as you say, where you don't pick up on it until you've like watched it over and over. You know these little themes well, like through seasons. Exactly, especially growing up, like I would have been like five when I watched uh, Simpsons. So when I heard that, when I went and watched Beverly Hills Cop for the first time when I was probably thirteen or fourteen, I thought like that was the song from The Simpsons, not like. That the Simpsons took that from them, or whatever. I find too, like uh, songs like the Beverly Hills Cop song. I, I I actually know them as being Simpsons songs before I know them as being a Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Like, like I see in Beverly Hills Cop or or what have you, and I'm like, oh wow, wow. So that's where they they got yeah. this gag from. This is cool, you know. This is, I, I forgot this is kind of a culturally significant film from this time, you know. Uh, it's crazy how. Uh, Simpsons very much shaped our sense of popular culture at that time. Yeah. Very much an anchor point for a lot of, uh, not even young people, just for people in general. Well, yeah, it's weird because I didn't, I guess I didn't grow up um, during like the rise of the Simpsons. Because like I said, this episode came out in 1993. I would have been two years old. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't see the monorails, episode, the monorail episode until, you know, probably five or six years later. Yeah. And, you know, with a lot of these episodes from season two to nine or two to 12, um, they're still relevant today. Like the ones, uh, the, the Purple Monkey Dishwasher episode, like the PTA disbanding, still relevant today with like teachers funding and, and everything. Like um, so many of them. Like. Uh, it's, it, it's amazing how they, they can still resonate. Um, and I, I think that's, that's a testament to good writing uh, in general. Like I find there's other shows that I feel do not age well, you know, not nearly as well. I'd even say as much as I'm a huge fan of South Park, early South Park has aged horribly, absolutely mm -hmm. horribly. Uh, I feel more modern South Park uh, really hit, they, they really hit their stride. Um, which is always, I always love comparing the two shows in that respect. Whereas Simpsons, the golden years were right off the bat. Like yeah. up to the twelfth, that was that was their heyday. Whereas, and even okay. episodes that you'd say are controversial, like maybe Homer's phobia, still like hold up to this day. Where the actual narrative of the, like yeah, it's a little offensive how Homer treats, uh, like the gay man. Yeah. But but the overall, he comes around. He realizes like he was wrong in the end, right? And he was being stupid. So it was a good narrative to tell, really. Oh, tr totally true. And I feel, um, and this is a testament to a lot of things nowadays, people can get offended by that episode, but it, Homer and the other guys there represent a huge contingency of people in the United States. 
And to say, oh, turn that off and say, we, we can't air that. I think that's wrong. You have to look at it subjectively and realize, A, the time it was made, but also B, um, they're still trying to say the right message there. They're still mm-hmm. trying to say, you know, they're not, they're not trying to be homophobic as a whole. They, Homer is a character and Homer represents uh, the flaws of modern society. Yeah, it's very all in the family. We're like Archie very Bunker, much so. Where Archie Bunker like realizes by the end of it that he's been like wrong and he's though his ways have been like you know wrong the whole time. Basically. Totally, and, totally. I think uh, that's actually that hits the nail on the head very well with the, the all in the family. Cause I know people kind of cite that and say, "Oh, I shouldn't be on the air. Or they shouldn't be re- replaying that." And it's like, no, they definitely should. And I can't remember the name of the guy who directed and wrote All in the Family, but that, that's what he's going for. He was trying to be raw. He wasn't trying to sugarcoat things, which is something, even comparing Simpsons to 80s uh, sitcoms, that's something like they're trying to challenge. They're trying mm-hmm. to, because in the 80s, I remember watching a documentary on this, um, the 80s sitcom is what Simpsons was challenging. They wanted to take that throw it on its head because it become it came this this rhetoric that was just too sugar-coated too sweet on the surface and not didn't reflect things well at all it just romanticized and pushed away all the bad things about kind of the family life and american society and just really hung on to the this this purest version so yeah. and that's a big thing that both all in the family even though it was in the 70s but particularly the simpsons really tried to to tackle and it did i think very successful yeah i mean like i didn't even realize that simpsons was one of the first like animation shows that would show like a butt like a bare butt yeah <laughs> or or say like ass or or or, or uh like even eat my shorts was like kind of crossing the line like when it first came out like um, totally um uh i find like bart simpson as a character was really I think parents were kind of disgusted by him and was just like why 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 is he a hero in the show and it actually in the original season he was meant to be the focal point not Homer it wasn't until I think second or third season where they kind of flipped it it's like oh no Homer is definitely the uh the anti or I guess like the anti-hero of this, this entire yeah. story and everybody else has their parts but Homer is definitely the focal point um but yeah, yeah, I think uh, just having this smart aleck kid, you know, and also compare him to, say, uh, Michael Jake Fox uh, character in Family Ties, who's just this, yet again, you know, clean cut, good kid. Maybe one episode he'll do something wrong, but he's not vocally uh, kind of standing up to his parents like Bart does. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see that and then how, it, how that changed and how it evolved. And it's cool. I guess I do see it now that I'm older because I never saw it as a kid. Like, why can't I watch this? Like, I don't see Bart as that bad or whatever. Um, But now I can see, like, yeah, growing up, like, they portray Bart as this cool kid. And then I I could say, like, I was the kind of kid who went to school and said things that Bart would say or I would say things that I saw in WWF before. And, like, no kids are impressionable. So, um Totally. totally. I think I had the, like, I think I knew enough to know that, like, what was wrong and when to say it. Like, I don't say it in class. I say it at recess kind of thing. Yeah. 
yeah but uh still yeah i guess i can kind of see it now um i was going through the monorail episode and uh i was just trying to write down a bunch of my favorite quotes from it and it just got into a huge list like there's just so many like first first we'll go with mr snrub yeah One of, obviously it's burns backwards which works perfectly yeah and she's like oh mr Sn- mr snrub yeah that'll do <laughs> i'm from someplace far away far, yeah far away yeah that'll do <laughs> yeah and then he just like i don't get how they just uh like zip line out of there like you're batman like i don't was that referencing something you know yeah that was basically just that but like batman uh, like yeah. and i'm trying to think i think they were really trying to focus on batman like the um I'm gonna call it the '60s Batman, like the grapple hook he had. I think it was more yeah. of the '60s Batman rather than 1989 Batman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely what they were going for. And then another thing at the meeting uh, that I really like is all in favor of Grandpa Simpson's idea. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about that too because yet again, that also. I I think people can look at that and say, you yeah, know, uh, Grandpa Simpson taking ownership for the idea. Not that he tried to, it was more so ignoring Marge saying it, yeah. yet again, kind of touches on um, the battle between uh, men and women and kind of sex and what have you. you know? Oh, it's a guy's idea. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, thought, Marge. I thought there was a little bit of commentary on that too. Like they weren't really, they were listening to Marge, but then as soon as Grandpa said it, they were like, yes, all right, we're yeah. in. All in yeah, favor yeah. of Grandpa Simpson's idea. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it's it just it is so insane, but, but hilarious. It's so good. Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of good quotes in that meeting there. I think uh, obviously the entire song is really good. Actually, um, one of my favorite quotes is when they leave the meeting and uh, Marge is like, "Well, I still think we should fix Main Street." And he's like, "Well, you should have wrote a song like that guy." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's that's totally good um or, or when she said she says the idea uh mary quimby just says uh talk away i'm gonna look at just gonna look at these pornographic playing cards <laughs> yeah it's like every line is 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 funny and uh, i like when uh lyle lamley goes to the school too and he's like can oh yeah it, can it outrun the flash <laughs> Yes, it can. Can Superman outrun the Flash? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, even when he talked to the teacher, too, where he's just like, you know, yet again, this is kind of a spinster sort of music man sort of thing. I'm just like, oh, her name's Miss Hoover. Miss Hoover? I can't uh, believe that or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe that. It's like, oh, you, and it's just like, oh, my God, that stupid sort of... He even uh, sweet talks Lisa because Lisa hits him with like a, a, a question like an actual question about the monorail. And he's like, well, I could give you an answer, but even your teacher wouldn't be smart enough to know. Like, yeah, yeah. Or I forget yeah. his actual quote, but he like sweet talks her to make her like feel good. Like he's actually oh, yeah. an amazing salesman. He's a sleazeball, but he's an amazing salesman. Totally, totally. Yeah. I, uh, oh, he's so good. And I, um, even when like they, they do the, uh, the monorail conductor class uh, at the end of it, it's just like, um, well, you've all been great, but this one person stands out yeah. above the rest. And everyone's like, me? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> or, oh my God, one of my favorites still is uh, when um, Bart's helping Homer study for the quiz. Yeah. And it's like, uh, monorail, true or false? Mono can, uh, monorails can't give you mono. Yeah. Or can give you mono. And he's just like, uh, false? No, true. No, dad, you're right the first time. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, wow, you really are good at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's I, yeah, I you thought get, you were stuck in a go nowhere job. That's where you get the Hoju line. Hoju, yeah. so good. Kids can call you Hoju. Yeah. I'll get back to you on that. Oh my god, it's so yeah. You gotta get chock full, and that's it, it, that's a good Simpsons episode. It's just rapid fire like that. Just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> the jokes will just don't stop. Homer, we have someone here to talk to you. Is it Batman? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like so many just little quotes. There's obviously there's I call the big one bitey. Yeah. Is in this episode. And or yeah. um, or when uh they have uh Leonard Nimoy doing the introductory speech and it's like I can say <laughs> do about uh, uh Mach four. As comedians, it gets like the funniest response, like just a couple claps, like a couple like ha-has in the back, like just like the cheesiest joke to come out there with, right? Like, it's... Oh yeah, but then even when Quimby is just like, and let me just say, may the force be with you. <laughs> Weren't you one of the little rascals? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite Nimoy lines still has to be when Krusty's like, Krusty wants out, and he's like, no, the world needs laughter. <laughs> the cosmic ballet goes on. So, does anyone <laughs> want to switch seats? <laughs> oh, so good. So, so good. Yeah, it's, yet again, like, everybody, <laughs> everybody's got good lines. Barney, I think, has one of the lesser lines, but it's just, like, he's helping guide them putting the train on the tracks yeah. and ends up dropping, like, ends up dropping on oh, the yeah. house or whatever. And it was like, Oh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. I like, uh, oh, I, I forgot one of the big lines in it, too, is uh, shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's more. What can we do? It's like. It's more when he says sorry after he's, he's like, shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. Sorry. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> Uh, this is just a good cut when he says, uh, it's like, what, what can we do? And he's like, you just better have a damn good conductor. <laughs> and then I'll cuss to Homer. It's like, oh, I think I left my keys in there. Yeah. Or get a crowbar. I like how uh, his uniform, too, it looks like it's, like, based off of, like, uh, like Imperial, Imperial Soldier from Star Wars. If you go yeah. back and that's what it looks like. I don't, I, I'm assuming that is a reference, but I'm not sure. They don't just come out and say it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I actually never noticed. I never really noticed that before. That's yeah, if you fun. go back, it looks like one of the soldiers from like Jedi. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I need something to look up. Yeah, because that, uh, yet again, it's always those little, little quirks in there that you don't pick up on. Oh, there's, uh, what's the other quote? <laughs> Solar power. When will people learn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's just so many quotes in it. The escalator to nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, giant uh, magnifying glass. The yeah. skyscraper made out of popsicle, popsicle sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love actually the, the elevator nowhere. I love it at the end because it just 
it cuts to black and still hear the you ah! can still hear yeah. ah! <laughs> So I have some trivia questions based on the monorail episode. Let's cool. see if you got them. I got like five here. Where did uh where did Lyle Landley sell the monorails to before for Springfield? Uh Brockway, Ogdensville, and North Haberbrook. And by yeah. golly, I put them on the map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Couldn't have got a better answer for that one. <laughs> Uh, do you remember who the agent was from the Environmental Protection Agency? What his name was? Um, he says it really quick. It's just one name. Like, I'm Agent Blank with the Environmental Protection Agency. I can't remember. I just remember, like, looks like we have a case of hide the ooze. Yeah, yeah. I can't it's remember. A, it's Agent Malone. Malone. I'm Agent uh, Malone. Yeah. Do you know what the logo said on uh, on the courthouse? There was a gag on the courthouse. Jeez. Oh, it would normally say liberty and justice for all. Maybe like liberty and justice for some? Yeah, it's liberty and justice for most. Okay, there we yeah. go. Yeah, okay. that's the gag. That's uh, what I had. I had to watch it a couple times to just try, like scene by scene, to just try and catch little things. Like that's what I'm trying to do now. Oh, geez. Because uh, everyone knows, like, the basic plots of the episodes. Oh, no, uh, sure. How, how many barrels could the tree hold? How many barrels of ooze could the tree hold before it turned ten. into an octopus? Uh, <laughs> ten? It's nine. Nine. Ah, oh, yeah. cool. To hold nine barrels. Where was the monorail itself originally from? Meaning when the, when the thing peeled off the side of it. Uh, 1964 World Fair. Yeah. Is that the same World's Fair that Bart, like, no, he went to the Knoxville World's Fair, is it? Yeah, with, like, the wig. Uh, yeah, I remember the wig episode and he knocks over the Sun Sphere. Yeah, the Sun Sphere, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's the same World's Fair. Okay. Yeah, no, well, but there's always that bleed over, uh, and that's, that's what I love. And I think, in a lot of ways, Simpsons really pioneered those kind of, like, little jokes and episodes. It's like, compared to, say, um... Arrested Development is a good example of this, where they add those little gags yeah. throughout, like Lucille or things like that. Um, and I feel they they kind of got that idea from Simpsons. I feel like Simpsons followed a general plot line, even though they don't age, obviously, followed like a general plot line from seasons two to nine. Yeah. And then from there, I still liked seasons nine, 10, and 11 pretty, pretty well, but it was yep. still kind of got to more... Towards like the Family Guy humor, where it's just kind of like randomness, like gags. Uh, yeah, it lost a little bit of that touch, and I feel um, I, I'll send you the link for it. There's a really good, epic, a good YouTube video that shows, like, it talks about how The Simpsons changed and what made it change. Yeah, little things, and one one big thing they they said was Homer himself. So Homer uh, was his buffoon originally, and but he had heart. Like mm -hmm. he had good intentions. He was always there for his kids and stuff. And yeah, yeah, like he had like this really good moral compass in a way, even though he could have flawed at times. And, uh, and then after season eleven or so, they they called him like kind of they called it like uh, insane Homer or whatever, where it's just like he has doesn't have that heart anymore. He's just just crazy whatever like he's kind of like very two-dimensional 
it was kind of with a, with Bart as well because Bart used to do things like you know the bleeding gums episode where he buys the uh, album for Lisa at the end. Yeah. Like you know, like he used to do things like just like Homer, where you know he was kind of a dumb kid or whatever, but he had heart to him. The episode yep. where he kills the the bird. Yeah. And he takes care of the eggs and stuff like that. Like there was still. And I, f- I feel like, yeah, it just kind of went towards, like, that family guy random humor. Yeah, and it really kind of, yeah, lost a little bit of that touch. And it's unfortunate, as I said. I, I haven't really watched too much since. People, like, I, always, episode, people say it's that uh, season nine, episode one, I think, the principal and the popper. Yep, that's that, the one. That was the downfall. But I actually went back and watched that episode. And I, I get what people are saying, that it okay. kind of just – but – it's actually a good episode if you go back and watch it. It's pretty funny. There's a lot of gags in it. I, I, I totally agree. I think when they I say like that, Principal I think... Skinner too. I like him as a character. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that people are like, oh, it messes with the timeline. Well, man, it, it's a cartoon. Like they don't yeah. age. Yeah. Like it's so the fact that it, you know, just went back to normal the next week or whatever is what pisses people off. I mean, it's a cartoon. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I agree where I see where they, 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 where they say that's the episode and, but I, I think it was a great episode. Um, if anything, it kind of gave a little bit more character development to Agnes and I guess Armin Tamsarian, like Principal Skinner, because they kind of connected over that. They had the whole deal of, oh, you've never told him you loved him before. Like, it was actually kind of like a heartfelt episode. It wasn't just, like, a shitty episode. Yep. People were just mad that they kind of rewrote the backstory of the Principal Skinner character. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel, um, for me, I think the, the big example is actually, I think, probably, like, season 12 or season 13. Uh-huh. I can't remember the episode. They, I can't remember the exact season, but the, the episode was, whereas I think there's three different stories going on. Uh, one where Homer's thumb finger gets cut off or whatever. I know what episode then, you're talking about with Lingo, Linguo or whatever. Yeah, Linguo, yeah. 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 That episode, I'm just like, there's no depth to this. This is kind of crappy. And yeah. I think that was the first time where I'm like, I don't think I can stand behind this stuff anymore. Well, it wasn't like um, the 22 short stories or whatever that they did in season six, where it was like the Pulp Fiction references and all that. And they had all of them tie in together. It was like they did Lisa's day and then it started over and it was Bart's day and it started over. And yeah, it was kind of annoying. Like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't well crafted. Like you said, like the other episode. Yeah. 22 short stories. That's such a good episode too. Like I love the Pulp Fiction. Just yeah. the, when they're in the burger joint, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> went to a McDonald's in Shelbyville the other day. Yeah, I, I wish I for, I wish I could remember the line. It's like partially gelatinated non-dairy milk, beverage. milk beverages or something. Yeah. What, what they call it? a shake? It's like a ah, shake. shake. You don't, don't know, know what, what you're getting. getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, totally good, man. Totally good. Oh. That's another perfect example of what I was talking about before, where uh, I obviously saw that episode before I saw Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So I, so I didn't get any of the references. I just thought it was funny when Millhouse uh, came out and hit him with the thing or whatever. I didn't get why they were tied to a chair or like, I didn't get it. it, it, it they've done a few Tarantino uh, gags. 
yeah. uh, season two. Remember they did the one where it was like an itchy, scratchy episode where they're kind of re redoing the um, uh, cutting the ear off scene from oh, yeah. uh, our dogs. Yeah. Yeah, and then Tarantino comes out and he's like, Viol- what I'm trying to say is like, violence is in your breakfast cereals, man. And he's like, talking. <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah, guest like, director cut. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, guess, yeah. Like guest director Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many just little nuggets, just beautiful nuggets in there that like, I, I look back longingly and I just, I watched, like, I, I watch it on uh, Disney Plus sometimes and I'm just, God, how much I love this show. Like, what are, like, before we end it, what are, like, a couple other episodes do you think that would be up there with the monorail episode for you. Um, for me, I think uh, I really like the Lisa on Ice episode where they play hockey. That's like one of my top five. It's another one. It's just gag after gag. Like it's so funny. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'd say uh, the B Sharps. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good one. Um. I know it's a, a later one, but I, I love his uh, uh, Realty Bites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such a good one. Yeah, it, that's a great Lionel Hutz episode, too, where it's just like, you know, there's the truth, Marge, <laughs> and the truth. That's another one that's just full of, uh, like, one-liners. Like, stay off the west side. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, just, uh, <laughs> or is it like... Uh, <laughs> That house looks uh, dilapidated. A picture yeah. over. Yeah. Looks kind of small. I say cozy. That one's on fire. A motivated seller. <laughs> You're on thin ice already, Gil. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, that's the, I don't know if that's the introduction of Gil. I think it might be one, one of the first ones. I think Gil. it's one of the first times you see him speak. Yeah. He might be like a background character before that, but... That's the other thing they kind of did, too, was that when Phil Hartman died, uh, obviously Lionel Hutz uh, kind of went with him. And I think Gil kind of took over some of the role yeah. Hutz had a little bit. Yeah, and then they kind of just had a different salesman where it was, like, the sad guy instead of this, like, sleazeball or whatever. Well, I guess Hutz exactly. was a, a lawyer, but you know what I mean. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah, same with uh, – Losing Troy McClure was the other. Yeah, that sucked too. Yeah, Phil Hartman was. I love the Troy McClure episode where he marries Selma. Yeah. Like, that's such. It's just a perfect episode where they started getting into episodes about side characters. Like, it wasn't just about the family anymore. Yeah. And, uh, like, that's where I like Principal Skinner episodes. I love Mo episodes. Oh, Mo episodes are so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually ask this question. That I just thought of now. What do you think's an overrated episode of The Simpsons? Oh, that's a good one. In terms of storytelling, um, Who Shot Mr. Burns is amazing, but I don't think it's like that funny in any way. Yeah, I could see that. That's definitely but one. It's a two-parter. It was amazing. Like, but I, I also don't like the storytelling. Like, it, it would have made a lot more sense if Waylon just shot him. Yeah. So, I, I think that's an overrated episode. The one where Bart gets uh, shoplifting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... The Christmas episode. And I... Bo- Bone Storm. Yeah, Bone Storm. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I feel that's a little overrated now. I, I, I hesitate to say that because it also has one of the most moving moments for Bart in the series. It's one of their better Christmas specials, I'd say, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, but yeah, like- it's, it's, I'd say the same thing that I said, though. Like, it's not that funny, but it's yeah. a good episode. It's a good episode. Yeah, it doesn't have the hits like a yeah. lot of other episodes have. Oh, I don't like the one, the Christmas one where Bart burns down the tree. Yeah, it's not a great one either, actually. Yeah. I think that's another And I one. remember that one always being replayed when I was a kid. Like, that one was always on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, but even that being said, when I say, like, these are overrated episodes, I still enjoy them. Oh, yeah. They're still good episodes. They're still great. But I feel like if I, you know, I had a gun to my head and say, okay, you know, out of uh, out of the, the golden seasons, I'd, I'd pick, you know, a few episodes. I was trying to watch through later seasons. Like, I think it was 15, 16, 17, something like that. And I got to an episode where Homer was, like, went to, like, a rock camp and he was Kurt Cobain. And, and I don't know. I was just like, I'm out. I can't do it. Yeah. I remember seeing that episode. And it was just like, oh, man. Like, really? And you, you compare that to, say, when he was Lollapalooza. Yeah. Uh, that's a oh, good episode. Like a awesome episode. <laughs> yeah, another yeah. Like, top one of my favorites, probably. That's a great episode. Yet again, like, there's a lot of star power in there. But it's just smart. Like, and it's... Uh, uh, and also the gags of, like, uh, Peter Gabriel and what have you. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Peter Gabriel. Um, Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the pig. Yeah, well, uh, I think I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining me, Tom. Probably name this episode. Probably do Tom Hills versus the Monorail. I like it.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Follow us online at AV3 Comedy on all social media platforms and follow the Comedy Here Often podcast network and all the other podcasts available.